Today, I want to talk about honor. Everybody say honor. honor. I can tell you that, and I know most people amen this, that in today's world, we definitely have seen a lack of honor, haven't we? I mean, it seems like, you know, you know, years ago, there was a certain code, I guess, that people had across the board that you just didn't cross certain lines and be disrespectful uh, to authority or to teachers or to husband and wife and so on and so forth. And we've seen a great decline in honor. And God specifically talks about how honor is so important, especially to his people. It's not a topic that I'll tell you right now that, you know, it's not like a, a big faith message where everybody's going to be rip-romping and roaring in the house. But I do believe it's something that needs to be taught and said, especially us moving into the Passover season because the Passover season is an indication, uh, and I'll teach this in the, in the coming weeks ahead, um, of God's new uh, season. In other words, uh, two times a year, God sets on his calendar, his calendar, not ours. We go by the Gregorian calendar. But God has his calendar, and there are two brand new seasons that God has in his calendar in one year. The first one is Passover, and the second one is atonement during the fall of the year, the autumn seasons. Well, it's God's first new season that's coming up here, and it's very special, and it's all about honor. So I've got to set the stage, guys, so we're prepared. I believe, I believe. Something is going on in the earth. Now, you can say what you want and say, well, bad things are happening, and there are bad things happening. But I think it's a grand setup for God to do something special in his people and all the way around the world. Something significant is about to drop from heaven onto earth, but we can miss it by having certain elements in our life that are not there, like we're talking about today in the case of honor. We don't honor God properly. We can miss it. Honor means this. Honor uh, is this, it's the valuing of something. It's putting a, or placing a value on a particular thing or a person. So when I talk about honor today, think in terms of value. How do I value the people in my life? How do I value my church? How do I value Almighty God? Dishonor means this, it is to treat something as common. So if I look at something and I treat them as, oh, you're just this or you're just that, you're just a common thing. It's actually beginning, it's the begin word, word place of dishonoring something. Dishonor, watch this, causes everything around it to deteriorate. If you ever go into a community where the community is deteriorating, you will find there's a lot of dishonor that's going on. But honor, when you begin to honor something, honor always builds things up. Dishonor pulls everything down, come on, but honor causes everything around it to be elevated and to be built up. Say, we need to build things up, come on. And we do that by making sure that we put the proper value on the things that are in our lives or the people that are in our lives, especially upon God. Let's look at Malachi chapter one. It's not a long message today, but something I want to get in your spirits for sure. Now, this is the year uh, 550 BC. Israel is in a downward spiral. <clears throat> Economy is terrible in that day. It's, 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 it's a, a worse than a recession, more like a depression. There's a moral downgrade, so mor and also morale itself was down. And the city is deteriorating. It's a very bad, bad situation. So God now is going to address the bad situation. Aren't you glad that God's not afraid to address things that aren't right, the things that are out of order? He's not afraid. Matter of fact, this is where God flourishes. This is where God does his best stuff. 
And it says here in Malachi 1 verse 6, it says this. God speaks and says, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where's my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts? To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? First of all, and foremost, he is, God is addressing the priest, so he'd be addressing somebody like me, somebody that would be over a congregation or over a people, spiritually speaking, okay? And he's addressing them because he's looking, he's, look, you want change. Everything around you in your world is deteriorating. You want change, but you want change your way. You don't want to do it Yahweh. Come on, somebody. You want to do it your way. You don't want to do it God's way. You want to do it your way. And thus, it's continuing its decline. But he's saying, I want you to remember something. I'm the father. And yet, most natural fathers expect their sons and daughters to honor them and to respect them. And yet, I'm your father, and you give me no respect. You give me no reverence. You do not honor me. And you think it's going to change? Now, this is what it says in verse 11 and verse 13 of the same chapter, but this is the message translation. So just hear me as I speak this to you. This is out of the message translation, and I love this one. I am honored, God says, all over the world, and there are people who know how to worship me all over the world, who honor me by bringing their best to me. Now, why is he saying all over the world? He's saying that because he's saying, I'm not talking about the people all over the world. You're supposed to be my chosen people. So I'm addressing you. And if they're doing this, this is what he said. He said, they worship me all over the world who honor me by bringing their best to me. They're saying it everywhere. God is greater. He's greater, this God of the angel armies. All except you. They say it, but you're your chosen people and you won't say it about me at all. Instead of honoring me, you profane my name. You profane me when you say worship is not important and what we bring to worship is of no account. Hold on, everything. What's that mean? What does it mean when he says, God's saying to the people, you say worship's not important and what we bring to worship is of no consequence or no account? What does that mean? Worship in those days was this. It was when the people came together, they congregated. That's where we get the word congregation. And they came together to the temple to worship God and offer their best offerings before God. That was how God was worshipped. So in essence, what he's saying to us in modern days, thousands of years later, he's saying the same thing to us. He's saying, where's my honor? And you say worship or coming to the house of God, coming to church is not important? Church, the Bible says, especially if you're a believer in Christ here today, not everybody is, I understand that. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, this is what he says. He says this in the New Testament. He said you're to actually assemble yourselves together more as you see the day approaching. But the temptation is me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. We're at home. I got the internet. I got TV. I got Joel Osteen. Come on, somebody. And Joel loves to preach. And he'll talk to me and smile and make me feel good. And he is wonderful. He's great. But we still don't exempt the fact that we've got to come together as a body. We're many members, all different talents, but one body. And so which body do you belong to? Well, you belong to faith builders, right? You're a part of what we're doing here. So you're a member within, by the way, God says that he puts the members in the place that he wants them to be. He chooses that. So he chose you to be here, to function here. But then some say, well, it's no big deal. I get my worship on at home. God says, no, that's not honor to me. And when you bring worship to me, he says, you say it's of no account. In other words, oh, I've tried that before. I went faithfully before. It really didn't change my life. First of all, that's a lie. 
The devil wants you to believe that lie, but actually it brings accountability in your life. It brings a sense of camaraderie. It brings a sense of strength because there's strength in numbers. We're not easily picked off by the devil because when we're by ourselves, we are. But when we come together as a unit, as a body, very tough to knock us down. God says, why do you say that? And when you say, he says, I'm bored. There's nothing here. This doesn't do anything for me. You act so superior. Sticking your noses in the air. You act superior to me, God of the angel armies. And when you do offer me something, it's a hand-me-down, or it's broken, or it's useless. In other words, it's secondhand. It don't even mean anything to you. It's just, hey, here, here, God, this is just for you. I don't want to forget about you today. No thought went into it. You didn't really care that much. He said, do you think I'm going to accept that? This is God speaking to you, says the Lord. That scripture, I don't know about you, but it convicts me to my core. Am I treating God without honor, without respect? Like as if he's just whatever God, you know, I don't forget about you. Here, have a little of my worship, have a little of my money, have a little of my time. Or is he really all consuming? Is he everything to me? Is he my world? Because he, not only should he expect that from me, but I should expect that of myself. God's the greatest giver of all time. He gave his only son to die for me. Hallelujah. Billy Graham went to be with the Lord. So I'm going to pick up the mantle. How about you? And preach more Jesus and more of the cross than I've ever preached in my life. And we need to be thankful and grateful. Guys, I wake up in the morning and it's not hard for me to be thankful. Why? Life sometimes just stinks sometimes. Yes, it does just stink sometimes. It's easy to be grateful though. You know why? I didn't have to die a sinner's death. I didn't have to be beaten to within an inch of my life. I wasn't spat upon and my beard ripped out of my face. My body wasn't beaten to, to blood and pouring out everything. I wasn't stapled to a tree, thank you very much. But our Jesus was, thank you, Jesus, for taking my place. That's easy. That's easy, and it should be easy. Malachi 7, uh, three, uh, I'm sorry, Malachi chapter 3, verse 7. Yet from the days of your fathers, you've gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me. Can you hear the voice of God today saying, return to me, son. Return to me, daughter. Return to me, and I'll return to you, says the Lord. But you said, in what way shall we return? He said, will a man rob God? He said, yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, God? He said, in tithes and offerings. And you are cursed with a curse, for you robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes, that's your financial blessing, into the storehouse, that's the local church, that there may be food in my house, that means supply in my house. And try me now, and this says the Lord of the Look what happens when we're obedient and we return to God with our worship. Return to God with our corporate fellowship as a church. And we'll return to God with our finances and say, Lord, it may not be much, but it's all I got. You know what? God, did, God fed a multitude. A little boy had two fish and five loaves. It wasn't much, but when it gets in God's hands, it's multiplied. They picked, watch it. they picked up 12 baskets. They fed 5,000 people, picked up 12 baskets full. We do the obedience, God does the miracle, and the little boy can walk away with 12 baskets. There's always a return when we obey God, when we return to God, when we give God what he wants, when we're not giving God second hand, second best, but doing our very best with what we've got to offer God. I'm not first place, you're first place. I'm not first place, your kingdom, your church is first place. I'm not first place, Jesus is first place. And when I offer that to God, 
He don't have to do nothing. He should, he's just God. He should, get, he should give what he wants. But he says this, if you'll do it, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, everything you touch will be blessed. It will multiply and no devil can steal it. No devourer can eat it up. Says the Lord, and I said, he said this, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord. That tells me that everybody's going to notice the blessing of God that's on your life. For what? For one little action of me returning back to him, giving him everything, not some of me, but not even 90%, not even 99%, but 100% sold out to the Almighty. And I recognize that's not always easy to stay there. I get it. There's flesh involved. There's circumstances involved. But that's what we should be striving for. Come on church I just want God to know from my heart and I think you feel the same way I want to give you my best I don't want to hold back anything from you I don't want to put me in first place anymore now I want to talk to some people today that feel like they're spiraling out of control that their life is like in a downward pattern and it's been difficult for you and your finances maybe your health that's going on in your bodies uh, your relationships at work. I don't know, maybe your children don't know what's going on. But I want to say this to you, is that proper order will affect a proper outcome. And if you have improper order, in other words, things are out of order, it will be an improper outcome. So the more that we can put things back into proper perspective, guys, and get real with ourselves and say, I'm going back to the basics, man. I'm not going to overcomplicate things. I'm just going to go back to the basics and just simply do what God asks me to do. Not going to do, do much more than that. Just what God tells me to do. It's placing order in my life. Watch this. Everything that's out of order doesn't work. When they put the out of order sign on the pop machine, the soda machine, they put it out there. What does that mean? Don't put your money in it. You'll be wasting your money. It's out of order. It doesn't work. But when it's in order, you can actually do what? Invest in it, come on, and you'll receive a product. In other words, the same thing with your life. Things have not been working right because things are not in order in your life. My job, I'm not a perfect person. I'm trying to get things in order in my own life. But as a messenger, what God's called me to do, and especially the truth, truths that I find out, I want to deliver to the people of God, is this, is that when you get things back in proper perspective and get things reorganized in a proper way, in order in your life, you're going to have an incredible outcome. You will see things will begin to work for you like never before. And then God can do it. He can invest in you. Come on, somebody. And when you bring honor back, remember, it will elevate everything that's going on. Everything's just better with honor. You want a good marriage? Begin to honor your spouse. But you don't even know what that bum did. I mean, I asked him to take the garbage out five times last week. He wouldn't even take it out. I had to take it out, and I got a cane because I got surgery on my knee. And I had to take it out and drag that thing out there. And a squirrel ate that thing up, opened it up, and all the garbage went everywhere. And I had to take a snow shovel and pick it up and put it. I'm working out my own problem. Come on, someone say amen. I hate them squirrels, man. They get in the garbage every time. And so, and so, and so my point is, is that instead of complaining and bringing dishonor and treating the spouse as common, like you're just all, you know, instead of doing that, bring some honor. You want to shock your spouse? You want to shock, lady, you want to shock your man? Bring him some honor. Sir, you want to shock your woman? Honor her every now and again. Show her honor. She'll go, huh, what? Let me tell you something, man. Married man, you want good sex? 
My God, I wasn't expecting that response. We got some men over here going, yeah. Now you're talking, preacher. Now you're in the vein. That's the anointing right there. Honor your wife. Honor her. She's not a machine. She's not a machine. She wants to be honored, taken care of, blessed. And then guess what happens? Oh, yeah. No, I won't say something. I won't say it at all. Only right it's Sunday morning. We got to be dignified. Hallelujah. But it's true. Am I telling the truth or what? You honor your husband, you'll never have to worry about the garbage again. You don't have to worry about getting things done at the house again. You never, he will never feel, you'll, he'll never feel like you're nagging him ever again. He'll think you're making suggestions. Why? Because he knows in his heart you're showing him the honor that's deserved to him. Everything begins to change. Your business will change with honor. Think about it. It'll elevate everything. You're, if you honor, your, if you honor if, you, if you own the business and you honor those that work for you, actually show them honor. They're not machines either. They're human beings. And when you treat them as such, what happens? Honor comes back to the boss, right? They just love you. They want to work harder. Uh, school, same thing in school, same thing in neighborhoods, same thing for churches. Everywhere you go, when you start to see that, what happens? You'll see everything begin to lift up and go up higher and higher and higher. With honor, everything goes up. Everything goes higher relationally, goes up socially, goes up morally, goes up spiritually, goes up economically. Let's bring honor back, church. Let's be a church that says we're going to do it. Let's be a part of a culture that desires to see honor for each other in the house of God. And, and we look at each other, we have respect. I'll tell you one thing I love about our church is we don't, if you do, I don't see it on you. We don't see color, do we? We just kind of see people of God. We, I don't think of it, I will show him more honor because they are a certain color or they have a certain amount of money or they are a certain kind of people I like or enjoy. I like our church, the fact that we're all just a melting pot of different ethnicities coming together at different backgrounds and say we're all one. Amen. Morally, spiritually, economically, that's what we've got to do. So when, when, and, and, and when it sees honor diminishing, it always course corrects. It fights for its survival and causes it to flourish. So today, I want to talk to you about how to step up the honor in your life. We just have a couple minutes yet together. How to push back the decline of our society that's trying to pull everybody down, to downgrade everything as common. Mom, Dad, I love you. You know I love you. And I know you love your kids. But let's, let me just give you a word of advice. Your children are not your best friends. They're not your buddies. They're not your pals. They're not the, they're not the ones you hang out with now, there come a day when they're adults. Wouldn't that be nice to have your children in your life as your friends? That's nice. But when they're small and when they're young, they need your guidance. They need your correction. And when you love them, really love them, it's not love. It's not, it's not like if they become my friend and love me as a friend, that's real love. It's when you love them enough that I have the chance you might hate my guts. But I'm your dad. I'm your mom. And I'm going to tell you the truth. And when you're wrong, you've got to be corrected. We can't have children. We can't have children dishonoring their parents. And then we wonder why our school systems are out of stinking control. Why are they out of control? 
because mom and dad didn't correct the children at home, and as a result, they think it's okay to not just sass the teacher anymore. I mean, cuss them out. I got teachers here at this church, and they tell me the stories. I'm thinking, my God, find another profession. I couldn't handle that. You say, you're a preacher. You could probably handle it. No, no, no. I don't do what disrespect very well at all. Why? Because I wouldn't dream of doing that to somebody else. And if I'm not going to do it, honey, you're not going to do it either. That's the way I look at it. So what happened to Jeff? You'd be bailing Jeff out of jail. Come on. Where's Jeff at? Oh. He in jail. Let's get the money together. What happened? One of the students, man. Oh. Am I right? There's a grace on these teachers. I can't believe it. But these teachers, you know what they do? They can find value somehow. Somehow, they're able to look past it all. Now, there's some teachers just aren't good teachers. You understand? But there's other teachers. They really can see the good. And they're working. My friend uh, has preached here. He's a preacher. His name is Dennis White, uh, Pastor White. And he also is a school teacher. He's a, he's a, he's a coach. He's, he just coached his team to the championships. He's incredible. And um, he tells me stuff's going on. I'm going, my God. But you know what happens to him? You know what happens? Every year they challenge the authority. You know what happens? Every year he loves on those kids anyways. He don't put up with them. He'll tell them, I'll shut up, I'll knock you around. But he won't do any of that stuff. But he just tells them that kind of stuff. And, and you know what? He loves those kids. When they don't have any money for lunch, he's the first one to pull money out of his wallet and say, here, here's five bucks, here's ten bucks, go get something to eat. When they didn't have the right gym shoes, here's some shoot money, go get some shoes. He's, just, he's that guy. Guess what? Those kids love him. And they will take, literally would take a bullet for their coach. That's how they look at him. See, you can change it by honor. You can change it by honor. But if, if you're a parent and you don't discipline your children at home, trust me, they're going to become an issue to somebody else because they, they won't respect you and you're the parent. They ain't going to respect no other adult either. So think of, think of dishonor as downgrading your life. Every time there's dishonor in your home, at, at church, at the business, the grocery store, where you see dishonor going on, it downgrades everything. Have you ever thought that maybe the, the waitress that was terrible that day, and I have, I've had waitresses that were terrible, but I also know people that, are, I've never been a waiter, but I, I've had people that are, it's a hard job. It's a difficult job. You gotta remember everything, you gotta, service is tough to do, and you gotta forget about your problems that you're dealing with and put a smile on your face, because you're trying to earn a living over here, right? So. You don't know what they're going through. And as a believer, yeah, I know your first inclination is, man, this, he's, she's just terrible. Or he's terrible. He hasn't come over here once to even check on us. I want something to drink. Where's my diet coat? Come on, all this stuff, right, that we do. And the truth is, you don't know what they're going through. And when you know what they're going through, even if you don't, but when you do, there's a compassion that comes forth, right? So you have to almost assume maybe they're just having a bad day. You know what I've done? I've lost the battle sometimes with these. And I've told my stories. I've lost the battle sometimes. And I've been a little bit upset, right? And said my mind. But then I've noticed the Lord working on me. And I'll start saying, you know what? They're probably just having a bad day. And I'll start talking to them. And I'll, start saying, I'll smile with them a little bit. And I'll try to get them to laugh a little bit. And, and they start loosening up. And you can tell. Like, they know they didn't get the best service. And yet this guy still likes me. And then I leave a big old fat tip at the end of the thing. Now, why did I do that? Did they deserve it for their work ethic? Probably not. But I wanted to be a blessing. And I believe that the more that we're like that, people come up. They, they rise up to that level. 
When we find people yelling and arguing and screaming and fighting and blah, 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 and going back and forth, it brings everything down to a debased level where nothing gets done and everything breaks down and nothing works. Honor gets it working again. If we want our neighborhoods to work again, we're going to have to start showing some honor with the people that are in our lives, in our neighborhoods. Honor is always aware. It's always noticing what's going on. I'm going to close right here. Matthew 13, 57. So, uh, speaking of Jesus, they were offended at Jesus. But Jesus said to them, a prophet's not without honor, except in his own country and his own house. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Why couldn't he do mighty works? We know it says unbelief, right? But what was the root of the unbelief? They did not show honor to him. They treated Jesus as common. Oh, we know you. You're Joseph's son. You're the carpenter's boy. We watched you mess around with nailing nails when you were a little kid and, you know, fishing around the community and hanging out with your cousins and, you know, your crazy aunt. Come on, somebody say amen to that. And so they, and so they became familiar with him. Dishonor brings it to a debased level. Dishonor makes it familiar. Dishonor makes it common. You're just, Jesus, come on. What can you really do for me anyways? And because he couldn't break them free of the dishonor, their unbelief set in. And he couldn't do mighty works. Watch this. Are you ready for this? Can anything shut the power of God down? We, no, before you answer, we can say no. But we found out right here, it did. The power of God was shut down because of dishonor of Jesus. Huh? And as a result, they had unbelief. They just didn't believe he was the one that could fix the problem. They couldn't believe that he was the one that could actually do what he said he wanted, what he came to do. And they were so familiar and they made him so common that they couldn't receive anything good from him. And it shut down the power of God. That's what I'm trying to say, guys. If we begin to honor our king, Honor the Lord on a daily basis. Honor the people in our lives. Not going to happen overnight. I get it. But begin the process, especially during this Passover season. Watch your life begin to be elevated. Watch God begin to work miracles. Watch yourself. Watch, watch the promotion start coming your way. God said, I can trust a man like that. I can trust a woman like that. Watch, watch the relationships begin to be mended. You know, I mentioned a moment ago that we're supposed to honor our mothers and fathers. Jesus said that your days will be long on the earth. That he, he repeated that scripture. It's an Old Testament scripture. Honor your mother and your father, right? Well, some of your mothers and fathers, they weren't really worthy of much honor. Some were terrible. Tyrants. Some of, them, some of them were just flat out mean. But you know, Jesus still expects us to honor them as my mom and my dad because without them I wouldn't be here and without my life my kids could be here and I will honor that and I will try watch this guys my best every day to release forgiveness because this whole season right now is about this father forgive them for they know not what they do Jesus was nailed to the cross showing honor to his father giving grace and honor to the people who were killing him by forgiving them did they deserve it it's not about what they deserved it's about what is right and when we dishonor and we hold unforgiveness back in our lives 
What does it do? It discredits us from God's moving power. It discredits us from God's assistance in our life. It discredits us from our own forgiveness. For if you don't forgive, how can my heavenly father, Jesus said, forgive you? We've all sinned, guys. We've all made terrible mistakes. So my forgiveness isn't for the benefit of them. It's for the benefit of me in my life and my family. And my kids are going to see and maybe the grand, their grandfather and grandmother wasn't the best, but they watched their mom and dad be the best they could be. And they'll see that I gave honor, not talking about my natural parents, you understand, but that I gave honor to my folks and they will give honor to me. And then their children will give honor to them. And it's passed on, on and on. Amen? Did y'all enjoy the word today? Come on. Amen? Good.